Right. Hello and welcome back to the 11th round of podcast for people who t- care too much about things that don't matter. It's fun to say welcome back now that there's mul- going to be multiple. Um, today we have uh, Chelsea Ladd with us. Uh, you, I'm sure most people who are going to be listening to this already know you, but if they don't, uh, Chelsea, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about what you do. Um, I'm Chelsea Ladd. I created Dugout Dish a year ago. It's baseball. I'm covering every level of professional baseball, or at least I'm attempting to. I write for Pitcher List and Prospects Live, and I do a local radio show here in Paducah, Kentucky, focusing on high school sports. So what it sounds like to me is much like most people who write about baseball, you do too much. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so what I wanted to talk to you, what, what, say that again? I try. I try to at least. Oh, oh we're, we're all trying. So baseball is back, right? Yes. MLB's not back, though. No. They, there was that weird report from Heyman the other day that had us all kind of standing on the edge of our seat for a second. He said there was a proposal was accepted and it was a whole mess. But regardless, baseball is still back. Mm-hmm. It is very much back and will be played next month. So I'm super excited about that. Now, um, I've already forgotten wh- where, which, which one is starting up. Where is it starting? Mm-hmm. The American Association of Independent Baseball, they will be starting up on July 3rd. And the Atlantic League, they are allowing their teams to do their own thing this year. So a few of them are are going to try to do a little, you know, little mini league of sorts. So that's exciting. And then the Frontier League will be should be at least announcing something this week with what they're going to do going forward. So right now the American association is the only one dead set with a date and they're kicking off 4th of July weekend. So baseball fireworks and with fans. So that's exciting. It's very exciting. Um, and it's kind of put you in the spotlight. You've been a very busy individual lately because, uh, no, nobody knows anything about independent baseball, <laughs> but that's um, part of your specialty, isn't it? I, I, I like to think so. So tell me, why why did you want to start covering independent baseball in the first place? Of course, it's uh, fortuitous timing now, if anything can be fortuitous in 2020. But why did <laughs> you start covering it in the first place? Um, well, I, the first professional game I ever went to as a little kid was an Evansville Otters game in the early 2000s, and I thought it was Major League Baseball. My dad was like, Chelsea, no, it's not, but it's still professional baseball. Um, I still have the ball from that game where players signed it. I was terrified to go down there, so my dad went down there, stood amongst a row of children, and looked a little bit out of place, but nonetheless, he's great for it. Um, I'm actually nestled between two Frontier League teams and in the independent league circuit. Um, 
So it's the Southern Illinois Miners in Marion, Illinois, which is 45 minutes away from me, and the Evansville Otters. They're about an hour and a half, two hours, probably an hour and 30 minutes if I'm driving. Hope my mom doesn't listen to this. And <laughs> so I, um, yeah, my, my bug can fly. No, I have always had a soft spot for indie ball, even when I was not even remotely thinking about covering baseball when I was, you know, attempting nursing school for the 15,000th time. And there's something about it. A lot of people say baseball is dying. Major League Baseball, you know, only gives in to an older demographic. And the beauty of independent league baseball is Young kids can go to the games. They can actually have conversations with the players. They actually get to, you know, hang out with their idols. And I think it's a great way to grow a love for baseball. I, it's very accessible. It's it's a lot cheaper. Families can go. They can play. Like, me and my parents, we went to what seemed like a million games last year in Marion, Illinois. And we always got in for under $30. I That's that's like a cup of wine and French fries at Bush Stadium for me. So, you know, it's very, it's very friendly, family friendly. Um, like minor league teams, they have things for children. And in, in between innings, they had a watermelon eating contest last year at Rent One Park. And my cousin hates when I tell this story, but I'm going to anyways. She participated in it. <laughs> Um, she lost, and, but it's just there's a family feel to it. Like, it's easy to get lost when you go to a Major League Baseball game and just under the lights, the music, the sounds, the and ginormous crowds, the expensive, you know, souvenirs, and kids can go down there and they might not even get a chance to get – their favorite player's autograph. I, I went down there last year at Bush Stadium to attempt to get a ball signed by Paul DeYoung, and that, that didn't work. That didn't happen. Um, of course, I was the size of a bunch of little leaguers, so all the older men who were just getting balls signed to go sell them kind of pushed me and the little kids out of the way. So that, you know. But that doesn't really happen in indie ball. Like, um you can go to a game at Rent One Park, and before, while a lot of the guys are warming up, they'll pick two guys, they'll sit out by the front gate, they'll sign autographs, take pictures, just hang out with the kids. And a lot of people used to see indie ball as like an outlaw league, like the guys who, you know, didn't want to give up their dreams, and like it was a beer league. And of course, now the level of talent is extraordinary um a lot of these guys could easily go straight to double a or triple a ball with with a blink of an eye and some have um a lot of the frontier league guys were assigned last year um of course we all know tanner roark played in the frontier league jose martinez played in the frontier league and trevor richards What's cool about the Atlantic League is Jose Canseco and Roger Clemens actually have played in that league. So that's always fun to look up and see, hey, this guy played in that league. But ultimately, 
I I love the game and I'm very romantic about it. And there's just something special about indie ball. There's something special about these guys who make little to nothing and go out there every night and just grind, trying to, you know, be signed by a major league affiliate. And you know, I wanna I wanna promote them. I wanna make awareness that hey, these guys exist. They're not, you know, they're not unworthy they they deserve attention and love as well so it's it stems from a long long love of indie ball and finally last year when I created dugout dish I was like you know what I'm not just going to focus on major league baseball and minor league baseball I'm going to give these guys some credit and I've made so many friends in the frontier league because of this I you know, I know I can message one of the GMs and be like, hey, can I can I do a story on on your team? And they'll be like, yeah, please. We 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 would love that. And so I'm very blessed for everything the Frontier League and Indie Ball has has given me in the last year. So, yeah, that was a long winded response, but I could go on and on and on about how much I love independent baseball. That's okay, because love is exactly what it needs. Most people don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it, and I've dedicated more hours than I could possibly count to reading and writing and learning about baseball. Um, but there's not much of a spotlight for these guys. Oh, yeah. um, the, only, the only exposure I've ever had to Indie League Baseball is um, the book, The Only Rule is It, it Has to Work, which mm-hmm. was a, a delightful uh, story and I read it and I enjoyed it and I reread it ag- and I enjoyed it again. Um, but that's that's pretty much all it's gotten so far. But now uh, that coronavirus has screwed everything up for everyone and the league and the players are both being childish, depending on who you ask, mm-hmm. for the MLB in order to start that up. And then there's concerns about if it's even safe. Um, I think that. Uh, the MLB's misfortune and misbehavior is going to be the indie ball's good, very good fortune. Oh, yes. Is that off? That's just that's just my instinct. Is that off? No, that's correct. And I talked to the commissioner of the American Association last week, and he said we're rooting for Major League Baseball to figure it out. You know, because ultimately their brand is our brand, and. But he also wants people to know, hey, these guys, we're prof- we're prof- professional too. Like we're not just going out there, you know, making errors every night. We're out here and we can hang. So I think ultimately between the debacle going on with Major League Baseball and the cuts and uh, the chopping block list of teams in Minor League Baseball and all the cuts and releases that indie ball is actually going to grow and it's going to look so much different in the near future because like Josh, which is the commissioner, he, he said, you know, it's not just rookie ball guys being cut right now from minor league teams. It's guys in double A, it's guys in triple A. And so the amount of talent that's going to go into indie ball going forward is going to be astronomical. It's going to be, it's going to be so much fun to watch in my opinion. So yeah, ultimately what they're doing right now in major league baseball is telling a, is writing the story for indie ball in the future. 
does the shortened draft structure also impact that? Or are guys from who, who didn't make the cut, are they going to college and going overseas and that sort of thing? To, to a certain extent, this is a bit of prediction. I'm just mm-hmm. curious on your insight because I don't have any insight on that matter. A lot of guys will go back to college or begin college because I know that some guys, from what I've understood and from the ones I've talked to, if they weren't drafted, they're afraid to go into indie ball right now just because they don't want to take away their chances of being in the actual draft. Um, So that has a lot to do with it, and I think a lot of them will just go back to college and try to try to go through the draft again before, you know, giving that dream up and heading to Indy ball to, to become scouted. So. So I, I read your piece on prospects live that um, discusses the various indie ball leagues in North America. What, what are the differences um, between the leagues? Is there one that has an especially higher level of talent than the others? Or are they all sort of uh, a level playing field? Um, they're pretty much the, the top three are the Frontier League, the Atlantic League, which is in a whole world completely on their own, different. Like they actually were the, the league that, for, that made a deal with Major League Baseball. So they started trying with robotic umps and certain things to see if it worked before Major League Baseball went ahead with it. And then the American Association, those are the top three, in my opinion. Um, There are lower levels like Picos, which is insane because they play like 60-something games in 70 days and they only make $50 a week when they're playing. So that's just, it blows my mind. But, yeah, that the, the level of talent in the Frontier League, Atlantic League, and American Association is probably the top notch in indie leagues right now. And um, if someone wanted to watch a game, do they have to go in person or does it get broadcast anywhere? Um, the American Association will be broadcasting. Um, I know. Cool. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. From what I've heard, they're going to be broadcasting. And then I've talked to a GM in the Frontier League, and if they are to play, they're going to try to make it available where people can watch it. And um, the Southern Illinois Miners, they have, they actually have live streaming some games. And the Evansville Otters actually have Otter TV or Otters TV, which is on YouTube. And they have old games. They have interviews. They keep it up to date. Um, They actually celebrated their field's 105th anniversary last week. So that was really fun. And they showed an old game from last year. So, yeah, they will be able to watch them online. And I know a lot of them actually will stream through like a radio like but you can listen to it. I would I would listen to Miners games through Twitter last year. So I will be sharing as much as that as I can when th- when games start. So check out my Twitter for that for sure. So an- another thing that I've noticed is that most of these leagues are pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um did they wh- why is that? <laughs> why are most of them relatively young? 
Um, well, the Frontier League is the oldest, and that they've been around since 1993, which I'm so proud of them. But they've had a lot of teams come and go. Each league, um, they let their teams be individually owned. So a lot of them, if they aren't financially sound, if a team goes under, if a lot of them, ultimately, the teams all went under and the league couldn't keep up with finances. So a lot of them are newer. A lot of them will just, you know, combined with another, like the Frontier League and the Can-Am League of Canada actually merged last offseason. So they are now the largest indie league around which is really cool um so ultimately i think it just deals with if the teams can stay afloat if the front office can stay afloat i know a lot of commissioners and a lot of guys that work in the front office they'll get a better job going to another league and then it just kind of goes goes sideways So when it comes to um, attracting viewers, Major League Baseball is famously terrible Mm -hmm. at attracting new viewers. And that sort of trickles down um, to the minor leagues and I would assume also to independent baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, They say the average sports fan couldn't pick Clayton Kershaw out of a lineup. Well, I know I couldn't pick any um, uh, independent ball stars out of a lineup. So um, tell me a bit about the stars of independent baseball. They're Mike Trout's and Clayton Kershaw's. Who, oh. who are some of the better players in ball? Oh, man. If I name certain ones and don't name others, I'm going to get a lot of messages if they listen to this. Um, well, my good friend Nolan Early, he plays for the Southern Illinois Miners. He, um, he actually played with the Milwaukee Milkmen last year, and I actually did a piece on him and a podcast with him for Dugout Dish. So that's up on my website. And Zach Strecker with the Washington Wild Things. He's absolutely amazing on the mound. Um, Patrick Ledette, he's with the Lake Erie Crushers. Let's see. I would say, hmm, trying to think who's around and who's not. Um, Robbie Rowland, that's actually really big on Twitter. He does podcasts with Jack Flaherty and he's very active on Instagram. He teaches, he actually is a pitching instructor now, but he is working on coming back to the indie leagues. He, he actually pitched for the Cardinals minor league affiliates. So, so that's really exciting. And let's see who else. I feel like I, I know so many more, but I'm blanky. But yeah, those guys are fantastic, and if anyone gets to watch them, they would be in awe, like, extremely. So is there kind of a high turnover rate, then, with the top players in the indie ball leagues? Because it's not the dream to play in indie ball, Yeah, right? It's the dream to go play in an affiliated league. Is that something that um, teams have to contend against? Um, the minors have a very high tone turnover. They're very strict um, on what their expectations are. So a lot of guys, they'll either get cut and they'll or they'll be traded to another indie league or indie team. I think a lot of guys will start out in the indie leagues after they've been released or they were injured and they work their way back. 
I know guys who have played in the indie leagues for five or six years, and this is just their life now. They they don't look at it as, hey, we're we're trying to get back into the big big leagues. We're just you know being able to live out our dream. I know a guy that catched for or catch. I knew a guy that caught for the minors, and he actually he retired from the frontier league, but he's actually playing overseas now. I think in like. France, maybe I don't know, but somewhere he was going to play somewhere in Europe, which was incredible. But yeah, it. A lot of guys will do what they can, and you'll see a lot of them tagging pitching ninja on on Twitter. I know Jordan Brink. He actually played with the minors last year, and now he's in with the Memphis Redbirds. So ultimately, it's. I think it's luck. And, you know, whether or not they they want it as a profession or whether or not they, they actually have goals of getting back in there. Minor league baseball players kind of, there's, there's a lot of talk about how little they get paid and things that they have to do on the side. Is it the same story in indie ball? It's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, um, the Frontier League guys can make from 500 to maybe 1200 a, a month while they're playing. So it's, I know a lot of guys, like my friend, he actually is a hitting coach in the offseason. A lot of them will try to make a, like a money bank, like they'll, you know, store up a lot of money in the offseason so they can they can actually survive during season and minor leaguers I know are actually, they actually do the same thing. So there's, there's not much difference in that, unfortunately, which hopefully with everything changing, that does the pay does increase for indie ball guys. What, what would that look like? What's the chain of events that would lead to that pay getting increased? Ultimately what happens with minor league baseball like depending on how many cuts continue, if all all the forty two teams get chopped, um, the talent level once the talent level goes up, I assume that the pay will go up. I know veterans in the Frontier League can make up to like I said, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred a month. So I think it all depends on your talent and your level of experience. All right. It's, it's an interesting conversation to have to try to talk about indie league baseball because the foundation of baseball is the same at every level. You know, it's 60 feet, six inches. That mm-hmm. doesn't change. The sport itself doesn't change. But the, the things that the conversations revolve around change. Yes. Um, Major League Baseball, the conversation is revolving around whether players should get prorated pay or not. In minor league baseball, the conversation is whether they're going to have a job when yeah. baseball starts up again. What are the kind of conversations that surround indie league baseball? Ultimately, right now, are are they gonna are they gonna play this year? I think that's the main conversation, and the conversations I've had with players, they'll be like, "Hey, what do you know?" And I'm like, "Hey, I'm not. I, don't you do that to me." No, 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 don't you do that. I have, you know, I've been sworn to secrecy with certain people. I can't give you that information yet. And, um, no, I think the talk in indie ball is 
hey, are we going to play? Hey, which league's going to merge with our league next year? It's Are we going to have more teams looking forward? And, you know, just how how can we promote the game? How can we, you know, continue to grow the game, continue to find fans, continue to help fans fall in love with the game. There are so many people right now that are just like poo-poo on baseball. And so right now, like the American Association, their motto this year is for love of the game because ultimately they're doing it for the fans this year to just, you know, go out there, play their hearts out and, and give us some baseball. So with a mind to not spoiling any trade secrets, um, do you have any guesses as to how those conversations are going to end up? What, 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 what are those topics going to look like a year from now? Hopefully, hopefully there, you know, a lot of it comes true with growing the game, growing the fan base and, you know, adding more teams. So hopefully, hopefully a lot of that talk and a lot of the plans that I've heard go through. Because if so, it'll be incredible, and my life will be even more hectic. <laughs> well, in this case, hectic's a good thing. Oh, yes. So, um, what, do you, what do you think the ideal situation for any... Like, what, what's, the, what's the ceiling? How good can it get? Is there, is there, is there a certain level at which... Um, they just can't outcompete. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Affiliated ball. Like, it, is there a limit to the amount of attention they can get? I think it's fifty-fifty. I I think it depends on the state, on region. Here, where I'm at, it's pretty great for the miners and even the Evansville Otters because right now there's there's no affiliated ball the closest to me would be maybe johnson city which is on the chopping block and then of course the memphis redbirds so people in my area it's easier for us to go to a miners game or an evansville game than it is to even go to an affiliated game i know i was going to cover the springfield cardinals this year and it's about maybe two or three hours away from me. So a lot of people with families that don't want to make a big, you know, long trip to see baseball, they they can just go to a minor league, or not a minor league team, an indie ball team that's closer. So ultimately, I think it's going to be a battle of which one's closer, We which one's more economically suitable for that demographic, which one, you know, allows families to go in for a cheaper price and enjoy baseball. You know, it's, I think it's hit and miss. So hopefully, hopefully indie ball, you know, they've always had to compete with minor league ball in a way. So hopefully they can, you know, continue to grow through that. And, you know, it's, it helps, it helps being close to it. There's so many jobs available and I know with, the minor league teams that are being chopped, there are going to be so many people looking for a job that have been in baseball for so long. So hopefully they can find a home with an indie ball team or league. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
we all want baseball to be played. Mm-hmm. That's why, I mean, we're fans. That's, that's, that's the instinct. Um, is it viable to play baseball safely in 2020? Is that a thing that's feasible to do? I, in a way, I, I think so. I mean, baseball's being played right now. I know, I know so many, we, you and I both know so many people scouting at games right now, which is madness. But um, I think so. I think there's a way that it can be handled correctly. And I hope that moving forward with the indie ball leagues that are going to play, I hope they, they take the safety and precaution measures seriously and I, I did a podcast with Pitcher List last week, and they were asking me about, you know, the health and safety of Major League Baseball. And I was like, you know what? If an indie ball league can figure out a plan to play safely, then Major League Baseball should be able to figure it out. So I, I think there's a way to for it to be played this year. I, I, you know, it might not look like the baseball we all know and love, but baseball being played is something I think we all need right now more than more than more than any of us realize. If it's not going to look like what we're used to, what is it going to look like? I think it's going to look like a lot of separation. I think, I don't think it'll change on the field. I think maybe in the stands, there will be fans um, in the American association because where they're, their three hubs are allowing fans, the cities they're going to be playing in, but there is social distancing in, in play. So I think it'll be weird to see the stands, of course, for people who haven't, you know, watched KBO and seen stuffed animals in the stands. So I think people will be kind of like, this is, this is odd, but with the indie ball games I've went to, it's hit or miss. It's either a full crowd or it's, you know, maybe, 50 people total sometimes like I went to a game last year and it was just it was me my parents and maybe 50 60 other people which you know that's not a lot when you think about it but it's feasible for our situation right now if you separate them so where where does the American Association play because I know of course there's a lot of talk when it comes to coronavirus precautions about um which areas are hot spots and whether, you know, maybe MLB could be played in a bubble. Um, I know the NBA is considering a, a similar thing by keeping all the players uh, living in a small area. Um, so, yeah, where, where does the American Association play? They are going to be playing in Sioux Falls this year, Franklin, Wisconsin, and Fargo, North Dakota. So those are the three cities that will actually have baseball this year. They are taking six teams, three hubs, and they're going to bounce back and forth from those three hubs. So typically they're all over the northern half. I know there's one in Gary, Indiana, the Chicago Dogs. And as far as Kansas City, Kansas with the T-Bones. So right now it's just going to be in Wisconsin, North Dakota, and South Dakota. Chelsea, I appreciate you putting up with me.
and I appreciate you coming on and talking to me. We're 43 minutes in uh, to the Skype call. Um, so I don't want to take up too much of your afternoon. Is there anything you feel like we should have talked about regarding um, anything about indie ball, something people should know going into it, um, safety? What, what did we skip over? Um, I know. I think going into an indie game, they have to realize that it is not Major League Baseball. They're not going to get the quality of a Major League Baseball game, but they are going to be so entertained. They're going to get the amount, they're going to get the quality of a minor league game. And for cheap, you can sit behind home plate and hear the umps every single call. You can, the, um, just the sound of a bat making contact with the with the ball like it's the little things the little details that you miss when you go to a major league game and so going into an indie game just be aware of your surroundings and take it all in ultimately just you know wrap yourself in it and fall in love with the game all over again because I know I know I did like I I went to Bush Stadium and then the next week I went to rent one park like back-to-back weekends and it was while it was night and day and the stadium was like a, a safe haven a church to me like it's my second home being at rent one rent one park and experiencing that it was just it's absolute baseball heaven like it's it's wonderful that's that's an important thing to remember because you're not going to find major league quality play anywhere on earth except a major league stadium that, yep. that's just the reality you're not going to find it, Mm-mm. but it's hard to, I I've not gone to many major league games because frankly, I don't enjoy it. I love going to minor league games because that's where you can really feel the game. Oh yeah. And it sounds like that's the appeal of going to an indie ball as well. You can really feel the game there. You really can. And that's why I fall, I fell in love with it. Honestly. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how everything shakes out. Oh, yeah. there, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions that will be answered very very quickly once um, play begins again. Oh, and yeah. I, I for one am very interested interested to see how it all turns out. So before we go, oh I'm sorry, it looked like you were going to say something. Oh no, you're good. I was just going to say I am very I'm very ready to see what comes next for sure. So before we go, before we go, the very last thing on this podcast i like to call it the walk-off bunt (laughs) for for, for the walk-off bunt give me your hottest take on anything we've talked about today Mm. i think that in the next few years there will be more people with standing i think there will be more people standing behind indie ball and the question that I get weekly of what is indie ball will be more like Chelsea. We love indie ball. Like <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's going to happen in the next few years, and I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it too. Everyone needs a little more baseball in their lives. Thank oh. you so much for joining us. Where can people follow you on Twitter? You can find me at Chelsea Brook and Dugout Dish on Twitter. My website is dugoutdish.com. You can also find my words at Prospects Live and Pitcher List. All right. We'll see you later. Thank you.